Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey guys, welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw, the nearly the end of the year Hall of Fame and Primer for your Year End Awards edition um, uh, with myself, Jim Smallman here on the Distraction Pieces Network and my guests, no lengthy introduction because it's in the front room in Manchester, no you are, uh, Chris Brooker and Matt Richards, hello. Alright, that was shit. I'm no, no, there's a reason, we've got oh. a lot to get through, right, I'm not... I'm not. Are you um? Have you been restructured? Are you getting paid by the hour now? Yes, that's what's happening. Um, no, I'm just well, determined they... <laughs> to have a podcast that we record that we actually put out. I did. I did notice that you clocked in and out when you arrived. I did. Um, with um, and, the I, and I've got a tachymeter. That's what the lorry drivers have. Is I this... can't do this for six. If I if I do this for six hours, I have to take a break halfway through. I'm not ready to do this in a lay-by on the M6. A tachymeter. I mean, we didn't want a pun. We haven't done puns for a bit, but this is we can't do them on this because this is too much where we need people to actually send us stuff. <laughs> so I can't give everybody everything. Um, uh, anyway, super quick plugs. Uh, Progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com, jimsmormon.com slash book. They're my plugs. What's Future Shock's, um, Future Shock's website address? <laughs> purpose. Uh, not purpose. What's Future Shock's website Futureshockwrestling.co.uk. Our uh, next show is 27th of December. We have the Legacy Tournament uh, semi-finals and finals. David Starr versus John McGregor. Kevin Lloyd versus Wolfgang. And an no-disqualification tag team championship match, which is going to be mental. Um, we've been to B&Q. We've done the shopping. It's going to be a laugh. Um, and also, another little pluglet, um, Tony Knox gave, yes. gave his sister a kidney. Which is not like not, 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 not like he didn't Surprise. just acquire one. No, he didn't like, make a he didn't make a pie and forget the steak. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it was from his own body. Yeah, and he, there were medical personnel involved. He didn't simply. It wasn't like a Cronenberg body horror. No, it wasn't. Um, wasn't a wasn't. He didn't wake up in a bath of ice uh, with a pain in his side. Uh, like well, he did. Yeah. A, he did a genuinely selfless thing. It was the day after the last progress show. Um, in Sheffield, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah and, um, which is why he was absent from yeah. doing photography for yourselves, why he was absent for doing photography this weekend, why he won't be doing photography for us in December. Uh, because the uh, apparently someone filled me in, apparently donating a kidney is more dangerous than receiving one. Fucking so man. it is better to receive than give in this instance. Well, um, there, there's a wrestler who retired because he donated a kidney to his brother. Wasn't that Sonny, Sonny Siaki? Siaki. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was, I, I liked Siaki. He was good. 
Flying yeah. Elvises, bam, money. Uh, they should have been the Flying Elve, actually. It's a correct plural. However, oh. however, that was, that was one is, of them. Jorge. <laughs> this, is like, this is what happens. You don't let us pun. It has to come yeah. out somewhere else. So, so uh, Tony Knox uh, gave uh, a kidney up for his sister. Um, so we can't work now until at least February. And I think getting over illness is a bit like saving for something. It always costs you more than you expect. Um, so he can't wait till February. And um, I've done a GoFundMe to help pay his bills because he's a self-employed sort. And we've all been self-employed. Um, if you don't work, you don't pay. You don't get paid. So, um, if you uh, if we tweet the link, yeah, 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 we'll do that. Um, but we're we're trying to raise a, a bit of cash to get him through the festive season. So all he has to do is worry about is getting better mm. and regrowing that kidney, because that is how it works, isn't it? Let's for the purpose of this say yes to you, Chris. It's yes. Not I've had food coloring. Um, <laughs> Matt, what do you want to plug really quick before we crack on? Uh, nothing. Um, oh, good work! <laughs> just, just fuck you all! Um, wow! Yeah, pretty much. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm doing. I'm doing Future Shock. I'm doing your show. I'm going to Dallas in January. Hey, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> like genuinely weird. Um, a lovely pub though. On a, on a tour, I'm going to call Matty does Dallas. It doesn't work as well as Debbie, but you know, I might change my name by Depop just for that one week. Okay, good. Uh, what are you doing in Dallas? Join the Cowboys? What are you doing? I am, yeah. You're getting shoulder pads? I mean, in the 1980s. Yeah, I'm uh... taking over from Tony Romo. He's a player that plays that American thing. Um, and he plays <laughs> the Cowboys as well, or did. Sure, Tony Romo just has a steakhouse. Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a Lego convention over there because that's my life now. I... Lego? Well, it's yeah. uh, something to build on, isn't How... it? Hey! Oh! Oh, oh, Good God. night, everybody. Um, I wish I was dead. What, um,. Can you get me some free Lego? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, shit, I did not expect that to be the answer. Oh, right, yeah, that's, that's fine. It's it's a really good gig. I love it. Like, genuinely, I, I I'm, love not, Lego. I'm not... I'm not... Oh, why do you think I love doing this this gig? My, my job is basically to play with Lego all day and then occasionally interview people that make master... They're called master builders because, of course, <laughs> everyone needs a marketing thing. Yeah. Um, and then they tell me about how they made this incredible thing. Um, and last time we did it, there was like a group of Dutch guys who were the most chill guys in the world. Dutch ever. people, chill. Can't think why. Um, and we had a great time. And one of them was called Bert, and he was lovely. Is there anything more chill than Dutch people building things out of Lego? Is that, I feel is like that this, the new? Also, this, is, this is good. I think this is the first time I've ever actually spoken about what I do away from wrestling. Everyone's now like. Why are you still in wrestling? Like, you get to play with Lego. It's like when people find out I've got a Canadian passport. Their first question is, why do you still live here? That's a question we've been asking for a long time. I mean, even before you knew what I count, why are you still here? Because you've got to get your bits from somewhere, Matthew. (laughs) Yeah. Cheers, Tony Barsley. So, that's some stuff. Uh, Now to today. Um, So, about this time last year, we did the first ever inaugural... Uh, we did and we all forgot that we did it yeah I had to go back and listen to the episodes remember who we put in the Hall of Fame to start with because we put 20 people in <laughs> which was a mad amount of people some of them were decided by us uh, like- some of them were decided by you listeners what we're going to do today is each of us have picked three more people to go in the Hall of Fame they're going in because we've said they can because it's our podcast um, and then what we want is uh, we want some more from you so I think I want another five from you guys however because it's the end of the year, uh, in January we'll do our sort of awards show for the year, which we did in January of this year. So um, what I want you to do is I want you to email me some stuff 
Um, and I'm doing this at the start of the podcast so you remember it and you do it, you, you go about doing it while you listen to this podcast, okay? So um, what I want from you is your suggestion for one person who can go in the Tuesday Night Jaw Hall of Fame. Here are the criteria for that. They can't already be in the Tuesday Night Jaw Hall of Fame. They equally cannot be in the WWE Hall of Fame at this point. And it's probably best to avoid people like The Rock and The Undertaker, who we all know are going to go in the WWE Hall of Fame. They also can't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, they can't in Cleveland, Ohio. Um... Uh, so or be in the Morecambe Hall oh, you beat me to it, <laughs> me to it. Yeah. or actually if, Tony if that's true one of Jim's picks tonight actually can't be in our Hall of Fame so Ooh. it can't be a rule no. uh, there you go spoilers yeah Tony Knox um, so Welcome Hall of Fame <laughs> so I want one Hall of Famer from you just one and then I would also like your, uh, your response to the following categories uh, for the end of year show Okay, thank you for adjusting your glasses, Matt, as I said that, um, because I don't wear glasses, couldn't I? Nice to loosen my belt. Um, So we would like your uh, wrestler of the year, male and female wrestlers of the year, both WWE and non-WWE. So a male WWE wrestler of the year, a male non-WWE wrestler of the year, same for female. Um, We would also like your match of the year, both WWE and non-WWE, and your show of the year, both WWE and non-WWE. Okay, I'll just recap that again. So, wrestler of the year, male and female, uh, and I need a male wrestler for WWE, a male wrestler for non-WWE, female wrestler for WWE, female wrestler for non-WWE. And again, I need one name here, don't give me loads, because it makes calculating this all really, really difficult. Um, And then your match of the year, both for WWE and non-WWE, and your show of the year, same again, WWE and non-WWE. That's it. Dead easy. Okay? And you email these. You don't tweet them to me because you won't have enough room in a tweet. Um, you email these to me. Progresspolls at gmail.com. I'll tweet this information as well. Progresspolls at gmail.com. And you've got until the beginning of January to do it. So there's no immediate rush. But listen to this now and then decide to uh, send me your nominations. Could I make a suggestion? Yeah. Good. I don't know why I did it like that. I'm just in presenter <laughs> mode now, aren't I? Um, do you know what would be really cool? Is if in January, for the induction of the Hall of Fame, we did a live Tuesday night jaw where we all wore suits, because we know how much everyone loves you wearing a suit. Um, and <laughs> we did a live Tuesday night jaw where we inducted people into our Hall of Fame. Do we have to invite them? Well, I, I mean, mean, we can invite them. I, I mean, we can invite them. Um, I can't see them coming. No, but I just want to do another live Tuesday night jaw where I'm actually in, in the country. And available, and I also want a new reason to wear a suit. So All right. we can find a way of doing it. Do like Periscope, y- yeah, or Snapchat, something. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll I, I, when you say live, do you mean like find like a, a venue? venue? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, we can do that maybe. Okay. Just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm throwing it out there because everyone's gonna now tweet you now. Yeah, do this because you're not busy enough. Yeah. <laughs> you only sleep two hours I mean, a night. I, you can I think give it's up worth it though. because if only to see how many people complain that we don't do it in their town. That's the best bit. In fact, when, <laughs> let's let's really throw them off and do it on like the Island Man or something. Two, How about we two, do it at my folks in Taunton? There's two oh, people. Oh. There's two people who tweet every time we announce a progress show, be it in London or Manchester or Sheffield or Bournemouth or Birmingham or, or America, wherever. There's two people who constantly tweet us, and it's nice that they like us and they want to tweet us. I'm not knocking that, but they'll always go. One of the guys will always go. Why don't you do a show in Reading? That place that's notoriously really far away from London. Don't get me started. Because and then someone else will always go, why don't you do a show in Essex? That place that, again, is also really notoriously far away from London. And there's a reason. Because London has 10 million people in it and is half an hour away from where you live on a train. So in the defence of Reading, 
uh, which I never thought was the same thing <laughs> you that ever come that. out of my mouth because I despise that place. It it was voted the worst train uh, line slash network was Reading to London last year. There's no way that can be true when right. if anyone's ever done Brighton to London. Yes, yes, but I mean in terms of like delays, cancellations, unreliability, that was apparently voted the worst. Also, I'm sure Reading was in the top three of the most depressed towns in the UK as well. Because guess what was number one? Harper Hay? No, Blackpool. Oh. There you go. Harper Hay's always done well in those. And someone's going to be like, now go to tweet me and go, actually, I think you're fine. Um, <laughs> that is the voice. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, and I notice this whenever friends do stand-up tours. And people will be like, why aren't you coming to this village? Because I'm because I'm going oh, mate, somewhere else, mate. We could do we could do we could do the purple turtle in Reading in the beer garden. It'll be sick. Like that's that's a little reference for the old uh, Reddingites. Like... <laughs> so so we we might do a live one. Depends on all of our diaries as well. In yeah, I'm available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do now is we're going to because um, this will probably be the last podcast of this year. <laughs> we'll ever do <laughs> ever. We've all been bought fortune cookies by um, Christopher Brooker. We're going to open our fortune cookies now and read our fortunes in order to determine... Good. Is this our fortunes in wrestling for the next year? I I don't It's just our fortunes in general. Okay. Mine says win the IC belt. (laughs) It does. Oh, well, in fairness, you do a turn with it, don't you? Oh, my God, it's in English and German. Where'd you get these fortune cookies? Oh, my God, it's it's in other languages that I don't understand and potentially could be Dutch. One's French. That's German. Is that Dutch? That's Dutch, yeah. Yeah, and that's Dutch that's and French. French yeah. Oh, that's how they tell you. That's very good. So, this is, for your ring so this, is um, this is mine. You will always be surrounded by true friends. Brackets. Except when you're recording Tuesday Night Jaw. Um, when you'll be surrounded by um, people who are occasionally your friends and one person who... Do you know what mine says, Jim? What? You will always be surrounded by true <laughs> friends. <laughs> Come on, there's come on, the hat right. trick. I, I'm, I'm going to... It's I'm, the word surrounded. I, I think I'm going to take a picture of this just to okay. prove that this is a thing that happened. I actually need to get a bit closer. There is Jim's tattoo for proof. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's your say? Mine says, may contain traces of nuts. <laughs> What's it really say? Okay. Have you ever thought of someone and realised you were smiling the whole time? It's not... It's not really my fortune, is it? It sounds like I've, I'm, I'm yes, a bit of a stalker. But we put Milano Collection 80 in the Hall of Fame last year. so Correct. Honestly, when Jim messaged us the list, that's the thing that popped me the most <laughs> because I was like, I genuinely forgot I did that. We didn't, we didn't need to think too hard. And that we let you do it. I know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I got away with it. So, anyway, we need to safely get the bits of fortune cookie away from Matthew before he implodes. Right, mate. This is the best podcast of just like moments of people just quietly munching. So, let's just quickly remind you who's all, for when you're nominating your own person to go in the Tuesday Night Jaw Hall of Fame. Let's remind you of who is already in the Tuesday Night Jaw Hall of Fame uh, as I uh, managed to find a list of them earlier on. Now, when we did this last year, again, the criteria were um, that they can't be in the WWE Hall of Fame already and they have to be either retired or over 40. Um, which is a thing I didn't say, I think, at the top of the show. So they have to be either retired or over 40 and um, not already in the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, as far as I'm concerned, 
because um, one of the people who went in last year are now in the WWE Hall of Fame. They weren't at the beginning of last year, um, uh, but they are now. Um, we're not going to take them out of ours. That seems silly. Um, if someone's retired and we put them in and then they start wrestling again, then we might take them out. <laughs> I don't know, I have to be the one to tell them that. No. I mean, they're going to be good. Podcast. You have to do it. So, these are the people, the 20 people who are already, and some of them are teams and they count as one inductee, the 20 people who are already in the Tuesday Night Jaw Hall of Fame. They are the Dudley Boys, the British Bulldog, Owen Hart, China, Demolition, Christian, CM Punk, Paul Heyman, Viscera. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm you hated still, that at the time. No, yeah. You were all right. I loathed it. Um, Jushin Liger, Milano Collection AT. You're welcome. Sarah Del Rey, the Steiner Brothers, Molly Holly, the Great Muta, Johnny Saint, Brian Pillman, Katsuyori Shibata, Manami Toyota, and William Regal. That was the 20. Um, the three of us, we're going to put three in each. Um, and they're all definitely going in. There's no question about that. But then you'll have 29 people in there so far. And then it's up to you guys to nominate some more. As well as all your award category nominations as well and stuff like that. So, um, I'll go first because you've spoiled one of them. So, uh, well, only if you know about the Morecambe Hall of Fame. And who doesn't? Um, and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. So, um, my first nomination because... Uh, I mean, he's kind of retired. I know he's in Japan at the minute uh, doing some stuff and finishing up his commitments. Uh, but had his last match in the UK at Wembley and he's definitely over 40. Uh, not that far over 40. I think he's no. even got 43, 44. And that's Doug Williams, uh, the ambassador of British wrestling. Um, a man who, uh, when I was watching independent wrestling in the early noughties, I went, oh, look, a British man. Um, which, um, it was a bloody rarity. It was a rarity. And someone who, having got to know him because he's wrestled for progress so much over the last year and been the Atlas champion and was a part of the biggest show we've ever done, I, I, I got to know him as a person and realised not only was he a great wrestler, he was a tremendous human being. And someone who has been responsible for like great moments throughout his career, but even towards the end of his career was doing mad stuff. So anyone who's been to a progress show... Um, you won't necessarily be aware of this, but we have a gorilla position behind it. Camden. It's roughly behind where Matt and Glenn sit. Yeah, it's behind dir- a curtain. No, not roughly. It's directly because you can hear us, right? Yeah, you can hear. It. And and so often, most of the talent will come out and watch watch people in a match. It's just what they do. And um, what's brilliant about Doug Williams is Doug Williams had a match with TK Cooper. I remember. Yeah. And my favourite part of this match is Trent Seven's commentary on this. He's, so they go up and they're up on the top rope and it looks like TK is going to do a Spanish fly on Doug Williams from the top rope. And Trent Seven goes, yeah, they're setting up for it, but they're not going to do it. And they carry on setting up for it for a bit longer and Trent starts going, I think, no, they're not. I mean, I mean, they're teasing it, but they're not going to do it. Then TK does a Spanish fly on Doug Williams and everyone just loses their mind. You know that, that video you use when you've massively destroyed someone yeah, on yeah. Twitter? Um, (laughs) that's what happened it's literally just people falling over themselves just losing their minds it's basically the scene in Airplane where they tell everyone not to panic yes it It was it was amazing Um, everyone turned into Kermit the Frog just when you see his arms just wave (laughs) and he was still doing stuff like that right up knowing that he was going to pack it in knowing that he had a real job and stuff like that to go to like he he was he was still doing stuff like that and still loved it still passed on his advice to everybody as well as having you know Tremendous matches throughout his entire career, and I think it felt quite nice. He was he was very grateful um, to us for the, the the little things that we did with him in the the, the last few months of his uh, of his career, and also like was when we started talking to him about if he wanted, he started making noises about wanting to pack it in, and and we said 
do you want to do Wembley and maybe like have that be one of the things you do towards the end of your career? And he was like, he was so happy about it. And we were like, but you're the legend there. Like, yeah, yeah. you get to pick and choose this stuff. You're the really cool. We're just promoters who just want to give you something cool to do. So, um, yeah, I, I think this current generation of fantastic British wrestlers we've got, all of them have a lot to thank guys like, uh, not just Doug Williams, but Jody Fleisch and people like that as well. So you know, everyone has um, Doug to thank for that. So um, there, there is, there's a, not a weird, there's a period of, of, of British wrestling that I, I feel doesn't get spoken about a lot. And that period was the Doug Williams period that when it was, and it was bad and it was rough. And don't get me wrong, Doug, did a lot of stuff in like obviously he's well known for his stuff in the early days of Ring of Honor, in pro wrestling Noah, but Doug was there when business was down and wrestling really wasn't the thing to get involved in. You you really 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 had to love it. Yeah, you really had to be obsessed with it. Yeah, I remember. I don't know if you guys remember seeing the adverts for Hammerlock Wrestling yeah. School in yeah. Power Slam, and I. I was what, what early twenties, and I looked. I think I'm pretty much the same age as Doug. Mm. And I looked at that and I went, "Ah, oh, I'd love to have a go at that." But I live in Nottingham or Derby. I lived in Derby at the time, and it's that's in Maidstone. I don't even really know where that is, so I didn't. But the people that went and did it did it because they loved it. Yeah. There wasn't any money in it. No one was getting rich. They were barely getting paid at all. Yeah, and it was hard, and it was thankless in a lot of ways. But they did it because they loved it. And if they hadn't. We again the one, phrase we say a lot is we wouldn't be having this conversation. On one of my first like outside bookings when I was about sixteen or seventeen, me and me and CJ Banks had a tag match with a, a tag team. I don't think they, they exist anymore. Um, and I, Doug Williams was on the show, and I remember us both being like, "Oh my god, it's Doug, it's Doug <laughs> Williams!" And we were like, "Oh, this is the coolest thing in the world ever." We're on a show with Doug Williams, and like. I had the same feeling at Wembley or every time we did a progress show, I was like, even though again, it's, it's a, it's a different sort of thing now that I'm a lot older, but I did have them little moments where you kind of go, Oh bloody hell. I just commentated on a Doug Williams match, possibly, well, definitely for the last time in a progress ring at Wembley. I was like, no one else can say they've done that other than, you know, Callum and Glenn that, that did it with me. And it's like, well, yeah, I, it's I, crazy. I first came to do a progress show. I was, it's very rare I've been starstruck. <laughs> like, and he was one of the very few people that I've been starstruck by. Yeah. And he was so nice about it as well. Yeah. And I was like, I'm really starstruck. And he's like, no, don't be. I, I, I got really giddy when he came up to me and said, hello, Chris, once. Yeah, and, yeah. Ah, he knows my name. Oh, my God. <laughs> and when I got to, because uh, I got to book him versus Joey Hayes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just before he came down to Wembley. And just... When he came back and said, yeah, I'm available, I got really excited. It's like, oh, I've got to book Doug Williams in a yeah, match. This yeah. is brilliant. And the match was great. It was, yeah. Who wants to go next with their first of their three? I'll let, let Chris go. Oh, well, I said, not it. I was thinking about someone and smiling all the time. Uh, <laughs> who's your first of your three to go in? First of my three to go in is going to be Shane Helms. Oh, nice. Having a bit of a renaissance at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. I can't say that word without Rena- making it sound silly. Renaissance. Renaissance. Ren- renaissance. I don't know why I do it. No. I don't even know what voice that is. I don't know why you do a lot of things. Nah, but... me neither, to be honest. You should just stop everything. Right. Yeah, um... so, yeah so Shane Helms. Um, and he just popped in my head because I've. He's. The renaissance. 
as you were saying, mm. is is this going to be our cool whip? Is that no, it's not going to be our cool right. whip. I'm going to stop. Is he struck me as someone who's, you know, too many times people look at a wrestler's career and they go, something boils my piss when I look on things, things pop up on YouTube and there's clickbait articles like top 10 wrestlers with ears or, you know, all that kind of garbage. Yeah. And there's ones that go top 10 wrestlers who failed in WWE, top 10 wrestlers who failed in TNA. Well, first of all, you got there. You got paid. You maybe didn't get to be. You maybe didn't get what you wanted out of it. You maybe didn't get what the fans wanted out of it. You maybe weren't WWE champion. It doesn't mean you failed, right? And too many people go right. If you weren't at the very top of the business, then you were not a big. Well, the deal. amount of people as well who go, "Oh, this person's booked wrong." Well, you might think that, but it. it so much of wrestling fandom, and it's always why this podcast has always tried to be positive, is because so much of wrestling fandom is watching something and going, "Well, I would have done that." And it's like, well, yeah, fine. Like, I mean, that's how I used to think, and I started a wrestling promotion. Well, like, as, 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 as soon as the only to, way of doing it. You know, the, one, one of the guys I had bubbling under, as it were, mm. one of the guys who nearly made the cut was Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. Because well, listening to his podcast and listening to him, you, I know now that I know nothing. Mm. I used to write horrible articles for an online thing for wrestling, and I'd hate to read them now. Because I thought I knew everything. Oh, I used to be but smarky the, as anything. Oh, yeah. The more, you know, terrible. the more you know, the more you know that you know nothing. Yeah. And even just having to, to book, like, one future shock show a month and, and handle all the loose ends of that and herd those cats, the amount of respect I have for... I was, I was talking to, to, to Ryan Katz over in NXT uh, to, to actually have a TV show. To, to have a TV show where all of this, everything you can build for weeks can just fall apart, right? There's, there's layers and layers and layers that as fans you never quite understand. Mm. But the point I was making is to have longevity, to have a career, to to make a living doing something you love is a success. Full stop, period. Whichever side of the Atlantic your punctuation originates from. Mm. But Shane Helms, to me, is someone who has succeeded across the board. He was... He reminds me of R-Truth as well and the fact that you give him something, he'll make it work. Mm. Mm. You know? He was in Having seen our truth do loads of that mixed match challenge. No, I love it. So and he's great. That's <laughs> so entertaining. I, I, I would have him on our show in a heartbeat. He's amazing. He's such a an entertaining presence, right? So Shane Helms, when you think about what he was given, imagine if Twitter had existed when Three Count debuted in WCW. Well, I will have a bad word said about Three Count. Yeah, but I will fight thing. people. Exactly. But it was perfect, <laughs> you know? Um, it was. And then he went off and he did the vertebraker gimmick. He was cruiserweight. He came to WWF from WCW and the invasion and so many people drowned. Yeah. The ones that looked like they had all the potential in the world either didn't fit in, rubbed people up the wrong way, or had their floors exposed. Mm. And it's all the way from people like Chuck Palumbo, Sean O'Hare, who were like the future of the business, all the way up to DDP who I love to bits, but he, he never quite clicked. Right. But Shane Helms walked in, they said, oh, we can't call you Shane, you've got one. And then, the hurricane. Mm. And he made it work. Yeah. And, he's someone that now, if you were to see him, he would appeal to every wrestling fan. Because kids love the hurricane. Yeah. Who doesn't love it? I, I love the fact that he, he went to Chokeslam both 
Triple H and that's Steve so Austin fun. in the Rumble. That's so funny because that was a, the immediate thought that came yeah. into my brain. Yeah. And, the, and the minute he actually chokeslammed, when he chokeslammed The Rock, I mean, yeah. that's that's amazing. His stuff with The Rock is... His, the fact he's legitimately hard as nails as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. that's where Sugar Shane Helms came from because that's a fighting term because he was the guy. If he had a big guy, he thought he was a bit bit, bit tasty. Give him, give him to Shane and he'll stretch him a bit and put him in their place. He, um, he's recently had a good match with Marty, hasn't he? Marty's cool. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. it as well. So he's now at the point where, you know, he, he, you know, belt bad hand. He had his accident. He had really serious ankle injury. But he's now at the point where, like I said, everyone loves him. He's a great character. He's got, um, but he also, like the Smarky fans kind of love him because he can go out and have a match. Mm. And he's clever. And it's also looking at, his impact behind the scenes. So uh, when he was with Impact, he wasn't just on screen. He was helping backstage. He was producing. He was, you know, mentoring some of the younger guys. And to me, I just... His name just popped in my head and I thought, you know, it's maybe a bit left field, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought it was right. Mate, it's not left field. Milano Collection AT is in our Hall of Fame. That's not even in the field. That's uh, somewhere else. But yes, good choice. uh, Shane Helms. Good choice. The Helms is in. Who are you putting in? Well, Matthew Taylor, Francesca Richards. Well, because I'm such a, a, an, a fucking outstanding presenter, I've got a brilliant segue into my choice. Because while we're talking about vertebrakers... <sighs> oh. Do you want to nip out for a brew or something, Jim? When we're talking about vertebrakers, I've got someone who did the vertebraker arguably the first. She might have been the inventor of the vertebraker. But she called it the Kudame Valentine instead. And that is uh, Megumi Kudo from FMW. Um, so we've talked about the, 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 the often erroneously called Kudo Driver before, yep. which is a vertebraker. Mm-hmm. Which is, and this is a, it's a long standing trope on Tuesday Night Joy is that basically whatever your favourite head drop indie moves are, they were invented by a Japanese woman. And probably an mm-hmm. FMW lady. Uh, <laughs> or an all Japan lady. Yeah. Or, and and, so, and and but also because we talked about this before, you had a different yeah. choice to go in, but then we looked at ages. And it yeah, so I'm, I was furious to find out that Miko Satomura has just turned thirty nine <laughs> because Miko Satomura, as someone who's had the act, the absolute bloody honour to introduce her uh, this year, is she is one of the best professional wrestlers in the world today. The May Young proved that mm. she had an incredible match with Pete Dunne. She's wrestled like uh, such an amazing like variety of people in this year alone, and to think that she debuted in WCW when she was seventeen puts into context just about how incredible her career is. So, spoiler: guess who's going in next year? <laughs> um, but <laughs> all three of us will probably nominate an actually. Yeah, she yeah, is wonderful the, the, and a, and a wonderful human as well. But like, I really wanted to find. Number one, I wanted to have a, a female wrestler um, because we have set the standard with people like Molly Holly and Sarah Del Rey. Um, but I also like everyone I've picked is not just about them being a wrestler. It's about the impact they had on wrestling beyond it. And I think the thing with Kudo is that she was the epitome of what the FMW women were, which were legitimately feared by all the other Japanese female Joshi wrestlers because they were ferocious and they all had sick names like Combat and Shark as their first name. But um, there was a, the thing as well is that 
uh, Kudo's retirement match against um, Shark Tushia, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm sorry, my Japanese isn't great. Um, which is a... Uh, um, Your English is shit. I know, yeah. A barbed wire... <laughs> Um, <laughs> hey, leave him alone. He's doing very well in his second language. Yeah, <laughs> yaki da. Um, the an exploding barbed wire death match, which was actually Kudo's retirement match, is one of the best death matches, hands down, because it's just pure. It's what a death match should be. It's pure emotion and drama and elevating levels of excitement. It's not about let's do loads of mad high spots. It is sometimes, but it's all about... And that's what FMW did so beautifully, and especially Onita being the godfather of that, was they did just heightened drama. And the thing with Kudo is, like, I discovered her because of that match and all the crazy death matches she had. But what I then found out later on is she was in a tag team. She also came from the All Japan Women's Dojo and was like a, a, a Joshi wrestler up until really sort of the beginning of the 90s when she went over to FMW. But even then in FMW, she had this run as like, uh, she was a heel for ages. And then they went, but she's genuinely beautiful and absolutely nails. Why is she not a, a megastar? So like from a visual point of view, she would literally turn up in, I think the only Western comparison I could think of is she'd turn up looking like Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> take off this sick jacket and then murder suckers. And it's like, how is that not money? Like, re- regardless of gender, that is a megastar. Um, so I don't feel too guilty about putting her in at all because, like, it was that moment where I was just like, I need someone, I need someone, and it popped into my head. Um, and she's in. But, yeah, and I, I legitimately was like, do I put Anita in? But I was like, nah, because he's still kind of wrestling. He's still kind of whatever. But she's properly retired as well. Now. The thing with the nature is he is over forty. You could put him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought, I thought like she's such a. I think she's such an interesting, like, like Sarah Del Rey. That if you know, you know. But if you don't know, go down that rabbit hole because it's 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 well worth visiting. There's, but there's a lot of that as well as the, the, the wonderful thing about wrestling now is the availability. Yeah. Because uh, I was I was thinking about this watching TLC last night that we are very much spoiled having so many high quality matches where mm-hmm. you know when we were kids when when two of us were kids at least it was hard to actually watch it you never you would see maybe three or four matches of the caliber we're seeing week in week out annually um, and and now folk are getting a chance in their sort of their latter years when someone goes. Do you know what? This person inspired me. This person yeah. drove me, and then then they get a moment to shine. I am. Um, I, I think. I think I had FMW tapes, but they were them. I did. Do you remember them, when they did the American versions of? Oh, them? I never had those. I just had tape traded ones. Oh no! So I, I ended up like I had a couple of them, and it was the I can't remember the guy's name, but you know, who I mean, the sassy presenter guy. Because it was through ECW, wasn't it? Yeah, because they had a they had a relationship anyway. Because that's why Hobusa and yeah. uh, Jinsei Shizaki were working. And Onita as well, and um, Kenimura, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of mad shit. Good, good first round. Yeah. Good first round picks, guides. Um, there's no rounds. It's just just we've got enough fans. Um, I'll do my second one now. Uh, my second nomination, uh, if you believe Wikipedia, is only thirty eight. Uh, okay. However, if you believe uh, ProFight.DB, he was born in 1975, which makes him over 40, and he's retired enough. Uh, I pick Super Dragon, 
to go in, uh, partly for being one of the six people who founded one of my favourite wrestling companies of all time. The entire reason that progress exists is from watching the PWG DVD. That never happens. No progress. I'm not doing this podcast. So um, there's that reason. Seeing what you've done to a Super Dragon. You <laughs> oh, so that, I mean, for Super Dragon, I could have gotten loads done tonight. Yeah, you could. Um, uh, also responsible for some absolutely great, ridiculously hard-hitting matches uh, in PWG and in other promotions in America like CZW, mm-hmm. uh, IWA Mid-South as well a little bit, I think. Um, uh, responsible for some particularly not sort of guerrilla warfare type matches in, uh, in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, which I absolutely adore. Still, uh, he's very much the John Briley of PWG. Uh, <laughs> in the, he had, no, because he edits all the videos and stuff. He does everything. Like Excalibur does the commentary and Just the graphic design. Do me and stuff. a favor. What's what's the person's name that does the clip for the show again? Sorry, uh, John. Can we just make sure that that is the quote that is used <laughs> on Instagram? Super Dragon is the John Briley of PWG. <laughs> I, what? Oh, what's that noise in the distance? Is it? A, is it a no rope exploding barbed wire match? <laughs> no, it's Twitter. <laughs> No, but I mean it from the point of view well, of the, the jobs that he does I'm within the company. I don't mean John has never wrestled and certainly has never donned a How'd mask you know? curb How do you know? He would be wearing a mask, wouldn't he? Um, yeah. Also, Super Dragon responsible for loads of fantastically cool finishing moves like the Psycho Driver and the Barry White Driver. Um, and um, was part of one of my Edinburgh shows once. So the very famous Botchamania clip of a guy chanting Super Dragon oh, yeah. and not shutting up, I used at the end of, a, of a, an Edinburgh show. Um, uh, so um, he's always been a big part of my life and someone that I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, if there's ever a way I could book him to do something in progress, I absolutely would. Oh my good would. lord, yeah. But I, I don't think he wants to. So Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure he's wrestled El Ligero. I'm sure. He has. I'm yeah. Didn't yeah. Um, we all have Came over at one point. Did PWG did tour? do some shows in Europe. Yes. Yeah. I mean, weirdly, I have wrestled Elgar. <laughs> so you're not wrong. So one out of the three of us has wrestled Elgar. Also, uh, that's, that's like in common with humanity. I think that's a, a ratio that goes yeah. across every man of a certain age in this country. As 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 a point you made about like the psycho driver and stuff. As someone who tried to be a wrestler badly um, during that period where PWG was a thing, just want to say. Fuck you, Super Dragon, for making all the bigger lads than me think that they could do all of your moves on me. And the reason why I get out of bed every morning and go, oh, Christ. But you were awesome, so it's fine. Don't worry. If you could post properly, you would have been all right. So, um... I mean, the posting wasn't a problem. <laughs> especially when Just you're, easy. Especially easy. when you're nine and a half stone. <laughs> it's the landing bit that was the problem. It's not the fall that hurts you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that, he's my second pick, Super Dragon. So he's going in. Good um, uh, and uh, to be honest, if if I could have put four people in, I'd put Excalibur in as well. Um, what, what Super Dragon match would you tell everyone to go and watch? Because you got to remember that, like, I know it's I know it sounds hideous to say this, but there will be people that listen to this podcast that don't know who Super Dragon is because they're young. I'm going to look it up because I need to get the exact show date because then you can get the DVD. Because obviously, with it being PWG, yeah, hard to do. So Chris, go into your second pick while I'm doing this. Um, who's your second pick? Uh, my second pick is Conan. El Barbaro. Is that the gimmicks? He tweets me. That's... He tweets me once every couple of weeks to go, hey, have you heard my podcast? He does that to me as well. <laughs> I don't necessarily think he looks after his own Twitter. I don't either. But we've all had a message of saying, hey, you listen to my podcast, and I'm sorry, Conan. A lot of respect for you, but I don't even listen to this one, and I'm on it. So, uh, I mean, that's worryingly accurate. Out of luck. Out of luck. Um, Conan is 
again, we you sort of mentioned this. It's not just about wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's about your impact. It's about your legacy. And his legacy as a crossover star between Mexico and North America um, changed the business and played a huge part in the style that we see now. Um, because in 1993, 94, 95, wrestling wasn't well. You know, nope. it's safe to say it wasn't at its best. It was, it was kind of adolescence. It was stuck behind, you know, bits of Hulkamania, bits of this, bits of that. People were trying to recreate the old days. It was a bit gimmicky. It was a bit like everyone's got a second job. Oh, it's a plumber. Um, so mainstream wrestling wasn't wasn't at its best. Um, ECW was. And people were throwing things at the wall. So WCW partnered with AAA to have the Wind World Collide pay-per-view. Because, oh, oh. because everyone wants to capture the Hispanic market. Oh, it's a yeah. huge market. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's a, a huge amount of money to make if you can tap into that. And uh, it was a big thing. I, I think anyone with a tape trading thing had AAA Wind Worlds Collide. It's, I'd have uh, it, you know. it's, it's, it's up on YouTube in its entirety. It's, it's excellent. It's, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. So it's um, got the, the one of the best matches of all time on it as well, yeah, which is yeah. because Conan's in the main event. Oh yeah, which because the main event is not the best match. Oh of no, all no, time. it's no. not. Um, it it's it hard was, to follow. It was a cage match, wasn't it? Was it? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Guy and Conan, um, who had just turned basically. Yeah. But so even without Conan's popularity in Mexico, even without his popularity when he went to uh, WCW and was in the Wolf Pack mm. and was over and gained big reactions, um, you know, Three Live Crew, everything else, uh, LAX, you name it, forget all of that. For me, his 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 biggest impact was as an ambassador, playing a part uh, when, in 1995, when, when WCW went, right, well, we need to change things up, and they just went, right, we'll have uh, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, we'll have all these guys from ECW, mm. and they left, and... Oh, um, I, I don't want to draw comparisons, but everyone went, oh, it's, it's, it's ruined it. It's a big company that's come in and ruined it. They've ruined it. They've taken those wrestlers. It's ruined now. So what do they do? Someone else came up and filled the void. And Paul Heyman said, we've made a deal with AAA. So in comes Psychosis, Conan, Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrero. And that's the first time that the Lucha style, in that regard, has had that kind of exposure in the US, which then influences the X division. Uh, it, it went so well that, that, that we probably went, uh, you know what, we'll have them as well. Thanks very much indeed. Um, but without them, you wouldn't have had the, 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 the huge cruiserweight explosion. You wouldn't have seen the influence of, of Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio might mm. never have left Mexico. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's, even now, just watching him. Oh, yeah, I mean, the fact he, that he had a... He's incredible, isn't he? He had a match with Randy Orton less than 24 hours ago that was really good. Oh, it was tremendous. Yeah. Um, and he, he had a, 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 a sort of... I, one of my favourite matches of this year was watching him and Zach Gibson. Yeah. Wow. Who, who, which is which is available on YouTube. I don't think the company will mind. Um, but it's... it's Conan was the guy who, who bridged that gap. He was the, the English-speaking translator. So he... And it was so much truth to it that he made it an angle in, in TNA when they said 
there's no X Division, it's Lucha. Mm. You're calling it something else. But if you then look at other people now who will say that Rey Mysterio was the, the one who inspired them. Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but loads of the guys in NXT UK. And you'll see influence mm. of Lucha. Even, even people like uh, Penta and Phoenix and Bandido mm-hmm. and Flamita, like they wouldn't um, be doing what they're doing, not just in this country, but... Mm-hmm. In the states, like just to such a like high level on an independent level, it's not just WWE or WCW that brought that. It, it, it's that thing of now, like, or even companies like The Crash, which are this blend of lucha libre and American independent wrestling. Like, I, you have to say that Conan uh, Conan's influence is still being felt today because of it. And don't forget as well, like he was, he was when. When AAA and so AAA were only a th- uh, AAA weren't a thing until the early nineties anyway, right? So yeah, they were another company because it was C- it was CMLL and they had UWF there, yeah, mm. and or UWA, sorry, UWA went by the wayside because that CMLL was is the company that's been going since the thirties. Yeah, AAA was set up by one of CMLL's bookers in the early nineties. That's it. And yeah. Conan was one of the people who helped put the shows together. Um, so he not only was involved in ring he was involved out of the ring as well in terms of coming up with storylines and ideas and stuff like that um i know the the lax boys speak very highly of him because obviously they work with him yeah. uh currently in um in impacts i keep going to call it tna it's not called that anymore is it uh it's called impact now but even as a wrestler though the problem is with conan is um i don't think we saw pete conan in wolfpack but when he was, he was hulk hogan level yeah, popularity yeah, yeah, in like, Mexico. he was yeah. huge he's There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the worst, either the worst, best comparison, the best, worst comparison. In the sense, he was very much like Grado. Okay, because yeah. he had that mainstream crossover, he was in a soap opera. He was on TV. He was he was a mainstream star. Obviously, different athlete, yeah. Grado, but he looked a million dollars. He was incredible. But yeah, I think we kind of on we kind of got the Andre the Giant run out of him. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten at the tail end. 
But I think the, the greatest contribution Conan made is he answered the, a hugely important question. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> Seriously. Um, just to uh, go back to my Super Dragon match yes. uh, choice. I was trying to remember desperately because he was in a lot of tag matches. He was, yeah. A lot of tag matches, often with different partners. And I was trying to remember a couple that I really enjoyed based on the DVDs I've got. Um, so uh, one of them is PWG Fear, which is from 2011, which is Kevin Steen and Super Dragon uh, over Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, uh, the Young Bucks. Um, so this is like seven years old now, but it's still a blinder. Um, and uh, also a good six man. This is a uh, Kurt Russell reunion three. <laughs> Um, which I certain I bought the DVD purely because it's it had the pun in the name, yeah. um, and that's El Generico, Masato Yoshino, and Pack uh, against Akira Tozawa, Kevin Steen, and Super Dragon. So if you would like an indie dream match, there you go. But loads of and, and a lot of his older stuff from when PWG wasn't the hot property that it yeah, is yeah, now yeah. is still it's super super stiff. He had a match at during one of the uh, the Bowler tournaments, one of the early ones against Necro Butcher that was yeah. sick. Oof. So Literally. Oof is the word. But then even in that moment with the legacy thing, mm. just the guys you name check that win the matches with him. Yeah. Mm. If PWG hadn't happened, then you know, Kevin Steen wouldn't have necessarily had the exposure he did, the Young Bucks and mm. all these guys. So yeah. Uh your second choice, Matthew. Yeah. Oh I'm sorry, Ian. Um talkative. Indie Dreams. Segway. Um, <laughs> my second pick is Mike Quackenbush. Yes! Oh. What a man! Um, what a man, what a myth, what a legend. Um, Someone else has got 17 different versions of his finisher. I, oh, do, oh, do not get me started on people that come up with cradle pins and then call them cool things like the Shikara special and that no one ever kicks out of it and then when someone escapes it they come up with the Shikara special too it's the fucking greatest thing in the world you know what match I watched the other day completely not knowing we were going to talk about this was Eddie Kingston and Mike Quackenbush when they the first ever grand champion of Shikara wasn't it oh what a match so the reason I picked Quack again was again the whole legacy thing um so first and foremost, Mike Quackenbush is an unbelievably talented wrestler. Yes. He is phenomenal and he's one of the one of the best people to blend styles together because in one match you will see some of the most phenomenal lucha libre moves with some of the most perfectly executed British wrestling like spots and and situations. Um matches with Claudio Castanoli, Cesaro, like you say, Kingston, Hero, Danielson, you name it. Like, he's had absolutely... Johnny Saint. Yeah, yeah. We've been booked in the match with Yeah, yeah. And a match with Johnny Kidd once, didn't they? He did. It was was one of um, Johnny Kidd's retirement matches, I believe. So, here's a personal story about Mike Quackenbush. A few years ago... Pre-progress, I wanted to write a book where I, I travelled across America watching wrestling in different places. Uh-huh. And um, and I wanted to go to places where wrestling was was big during the territorial days or whatever. And, and basically drive across America with my dad, who doesn't like wrestling, and go to WrestleMania, which was in mm-hmm. Phoenix that year. Um, so it only been maybe a year or two before we started Progress. And we were well up for doing it, and then various family things happened and we couldn't do it. But we'd bought tickets for WrestleMania and everything, and we'd made the plans. I emailed Mike Quackenbush. Now, bearing in mind, I had nothing to do with wrestling at this point. Mm-hmm. I emailed him and asked him if um, he'd be willing to be interviewed or something if I went to Philadelphia. 
Not only did he say he'd be interviewed, he invited me and my dad to stay at his house. Yeah. He'd never met me. Um, and then this year, um, I can tell you now because it, it didn't come off, but we tried to book him for uh, our shows in... We tried to book him for our, our two shows in New Orleans and he couldn't do either. Mm-hmm. And then we tried to book him for um, our shows, uh, I think, in New York. The two shows we tried to book him for were Philly and New York and he couldn't do either because he had family commitments. Because mm-hmm. um, he's got a life outside of wrestling yeah. now. Um, but... So desperate to book him from such a nerdy point of view, and also when when it got out to the to the talent that we were trying to book him, we then had a queue of people desperate to wrestle him. If we yeah, got, yeah, yeah, like pretty much everybody who works for yeah, us wanted yeah. to wrestle him. So um, that tells you what sort of reputation he's got. If you and for some people won't have a clue who he is. My wife thinks the name Mike Quackenbush is the funniest name in the world to the point where. I may have told this on the podcast before. We're going to get a dog. The dog's going to be called Greg Excellent. Brilliant. Because I'm basically choosing CZW wrestlers yeah, to name the dog. So I, I was just reading out a list of wrestler names. And I said Greg Excellent. She went, we should call a dog that. So we're going to get a dog called Greg Excellent. I think mm-hmm. that's acceptable. Yep. She has said if we get a second pet, it will be called Mike Quackenbush. Amazing. Because to her, she doesn't understand the full gravitas of what uh, a legend he is. Yeah. Um, but thinks his name is the funniest name in it the world. It is. And it's his real name. I've got a Quackenbush story as well, actually. So he actually came and did a GPW show. Bizarrely, it would have been 14 years ago because I was 16. I think you were going to say I was six. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you believe it. Um, and he came over and did it and he wrestled a guy called uh, TJ Kane who was, at the time, was one of the best wrestlers that we had along with Joey Hayes and Damon Lee. Uh, TJ Kane then actually went on tour uh, in Philadelphia with Shakara uh, and actually wrestled in the ECW arena and did loads of cool stuff. He was also a character in Shakara. He was an original version of the character, but because I love Shakara, I will not tell you who he was the original character of. Um, uh-huh. It's not hard to figure out. Just go on cage match. Um, so Quackenbush came over and I, I wasn't really a deep into Shakara or Quackenbush at the time. But at the time, this ties nicely into the Tony Knox thing, Tony Knox actually got involved with wrestling through... He was doing an art project uh, for an exhibition where he was being a, a split between himself, the, the artist and photographer, and a character he created called Mothman, which was this masked wrestler that looked like a conquistador, like a gold outfit, but he was a moth. So on the on the show that Quackenbush was on for GPW, Mothman had a dark match, and it was literally just for Ross, so he had footage against someone called Adam Fate, who's no longer in wrestling. Um, and to say it was a terrible match would probably be an understatement, and, and to- bless Tony, he was not a wrestler, uh, and never wanted to be a wrestler, and, and, and all of this. And, and we, we, But it was lovely, it was a really nice thing to give back to Tony. So they had this match, and then one of the most beautiful moments... In, in the world happened as Mike Quackenbush walked over and went, hi, I'm Mike, nice to meet you, Baba. And he just spoke in this way to Tony that was so wonderful about, like, I just love the colourfulness of your character and how outlandish it is and I love this muffing and started coming up with all these, like, ideas about, like, being attracted to light and, like... Like just went into this 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 like monologue about how to like pad out his character, and I was like, as a sixteen year old kid, I was like, who is this guy? But that's the reason why I'm inducting him is the way he thinks about wrestling 
is so different to anyone else. And that's what makes him a treasure. If you ever listen to his podcast, the Kayfabe 2.0 stuff, it's such a fascinating listen because it's not necessarily... There's no right and wrong in wrestling. Okay, there's no right in wrestling that can be wrong. But the thing with Quackenbush is that he always offers the alternative way of thinking. And I think his work with Shikara, which sometimes, and if I was being like hypercritical, their ideas are bigger than their actual production and their execution. But the love and passion and attention to detail that every single Shikara wrestler has, or every single Shikara wrestling show had, I think is such such an important thing to independent wrestling and how much they have influenced things like Sarah Del Rey wrestling men or people like Heidi Lovelace, who's now Ruby Riot, being their grand champion, to people like uh, Luke Harper doing the the, the the whole basically Bruiser Brody uh, gimmick and booking trios with um, Daniel Bryan and and Dave Taylor and, and Jinsei Shinzaki. And then having characters who who are a crab and all this incredible stuff, uh, I think is such an important thing to independent wrestling. And we wouldn't have that if Mike Quackenbush didn't exist. So that's why he is my second pick. Good shouts. We will go into our final picks now. Pick number three for me. Um, should be a really obvious one. How on earth did we not put him in last time? Um, but the greatest wrestler to have ever lived, Kenta Kabashi. Not in the hall, not in our own Hall of Fame. We do nothing do, but bang on not, about him. Did we not? Yeah, it's true. Did we not put him in because we were like we had quite a lot of? Well, no, we put some people in, and then we we had some nominations, and we just I can't understand why we didn't put it's, him in because there's so many. Yeah, there's so many worthy people, and it's not. I until, just looked at the list of twenty yeah. people and went, "Why is he not?" In this, so Kenta Kabashi, uh, one of the finest ever in ring performers, one of the most charismatic ever in ring performers, um, uh, the man who we bang on about it all the time, burning hammer, uh, seven times used, no one ever kicked out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about various different versions of your finishes and stuff yeah. like that before. Um, has been in uh, countless fantastic matches, not just in Japan. Obviously, had great matches, uh, in particular with Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor. Um, just an absolute unbelievable legend. We've banged on about loads and loads and loads on this podcast, so there's not necessarily much I can add to this, apart from the fact that... Because I was sitting there thinking, well, any of the four pillars could go in. Yeah. Because they're all retired. So, like, the thing with the four pillars is, like, I always feel like we know who number four and number three is. And I mean no disrespect when I say that. But was Kabashi the best for me, yes. Like I know that Misawa had arguably longer at the top of the game in Japan, but to to me, yes, he's the best. And I I absolutely agree with you because yeah. I think in ring and in terms of longevity of quality, mm. I think Kabashi gets the shout because even when I discovered Kabashi, it was when he was in Noah and he had the matches with like Akiyama. Mm. Uh, and was still the the top guy. And survived loads of bad shit. That's the other thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, survived, like, kidney disease and stuff like that. And 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 also, this is the other thing. Retired at the right time and stayed retired. Yes. Which is a big thing for me. Is, like, he, he just... 
he went, you know what? My time is up. It's time for other people to come through. I genuinely um, thought you were going to start singing John Cena's people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that for me, it, like, I, I, he's such a no-brainer. But again, any of the four pillars could go in. And I fully yeah. expect at least Misawa, based on people's votes, listening yeah, to this, yeah, yeah. to go in um, when people vote. But yeah, for me, Kabashi's always got to go in. And I don't think anyone would argue about him going in unless no. they've just never seen any of his stuff. Um, no, I, I'm not. I've been notably quiet during this exchange because yeah. I'm not a huge Japanese wrestling fan. Mm. Uh, but you can't know wrestling and not mm. know what he's about and know his impact. And seeing other people wax their report, the only re- the match I'm only really familiar with is the one with Joe. Yeah, but even yeah. that is enough to make me go, yes. Mm. He it was it, it was Kabashi that teamed with Kikuchi, wasn't it? Yeah. But against the Canon connection. Watch that's on YouTube. Watch Kabashi with Kikuchi, who's a junior heavyweight, yeah. mm-hmm. but used to team with Kabashi against literally anyone. And mm-hmm. oof, there's some drama. It's, it's also in it's also in uh, Kabashi's hometown. That yeah. match. It's also the first big match he's had after a long, long layoff for was health this reasons. The um, double elbow surgery in the kidneys. And the, this was in this was in 1992, so it was just his kidneys. I think. All right, all right. He also has one of the lesser known qualities, and that is big lad, Japanese wrestler, l- lovely smile. <laughs> it just light up the room level of like when he smiles. Because as someone that has now witnessed. Daisuke Sakamoto smile in real life it is possibly one of the greatest things in the world ever. He is just a lovely man who is also a murderer, and it's great. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but when um, Cassius Ono slash Chris Hero um, did, who's uh, still under 40, otherwise he'd be in this as well. Um, <laughs> uh, when uh, when Chris was doing uh, Super Strong Style this year, uh, I was in the middle of writing my book, and mm-hmm. I said, I've got all these lists, and he... he Bless him, he pre-ordered it. So there's a copy of it at the Performance Centre. Which is really... Because he's built a library of books there yeah, for, yeah. For, for people who... Especially when guys come in from outside of wrestling who don't necessarily know that much about it. It means they can go and, go and read up about it and the, and the history of it. And he was he was the guy who put me uh, in touch with uh, Aubrey Citizen who's done the um, uh, who's done the comic book history of wrestling which right, is fantastic yeah, yeah. as well. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, I got chatting to him through, through Chris. But I was talking to Chris and he said... Um, I said, there's loads of lists in there, like, there's a list of my top 10 favourite wrestlers of all time. And he went, who's who's number one? And I said, well, and Chris is in my top 10. Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, um, Kenta Kabashi's number one. And he went, oh, right, cool. You ever met him? And I went, no, I've met, um, I think, all but, I've never met Shibata, but everyone else in my top 10 I, I've, I've met. And he was, he was like, oh, cool. I was like, um, he's a lovely guy. I'm like, I'm sure he is. He went... Like, if you're ever in Japan, just tell me. I'll text him and I'll tell him to go for dinner with you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you, what? And he went, yeah, he's lovely. He's like, he's not wrestling anymore. He's a businessman. He'll probably go for dinner with you. And I'm like, amazing. So at some point, I'm going to have to go to Ribeiro with Kenta Kabashi. All I'm saying is, make it a table for free. Oh, that's really well, sweet of you. for the network. <laughs> oh, no that's, comment. Uh, um, that's sweet of you. Uh, you know, are you going to pay for my ticket as well? No. Nah. I was thinking more of, just, just give Shibata a text. Just... Mm-hmm. I'd love to. I'd love to meet him. I'd love. To, I'd love to meet Shibata. I, right. All I'm saying is already we, in the Hall of Fame as well. Now two Hall of Famers together. All I'm saying is if we all 
raise some money to send Jim to the New Japan Dojo in LA. Number one, that'd be the funniest thing we've ever watched. Be dead within a minute. Watching a 40-something-year-old man For- try... Just 40, mate. I'm just 40. A 40-something-year-old man. It's, it's a showbiz age. It's, it's not. I'm not age. Russell Kane. If I was <laughs> Russell Kane, I'd be 28. <laughs> you haven't looked 28 for 28 years. I don't look 40, though, to be fair. No. no. So, you yeah. uh... <laughs> know. Well, I'll look you straight in the eyes. I was on the DLR the other day hey, in London. Hey, why, are you get, why are you getting so mad? We can put you in our Hall of Fame. Fuck <laughs> <Okay>. you. <laughs> um, so... I was on the DLR in London the other day, and there was a there was a guy on who kept he was really drunk, and he kept counting down to his birthday, and he kept going to his missus. I'm 45 in 23 minutes time, and I'm looking at him thinking, you look 20 years older than me. Mm. And the reason is, and I used to get this when I used to go and pick my daughter up from school. I'd see people I was at school with, and I'd look younger than them. Apart from my hair, I'd look younger than them. And the reason for that is. I've not really done a decent day's work in many years, <laughs> so I've not been I've not had life beaten out of me as much. That's why. You dress too young as well. I do, but you know, I'm going to do that as long as it annoys people. Um, Insert picture of Steve Buscemi saying, what's up, fellow kids? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, who's your last choice, Christopher? Uh, My last choice is Dave Fit Finley. Yeah! Finley! Love him. He loves to fight. We've heard. I've heard a rumour. I've heard heard whisperings. Another one of those. Why wasn't he in last year? Because, because I think it's because we put Regal in. I think, yeah. I think we were. I think we were a lot, a lot. I don't think the word coyer. 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 A lot like I think we were trying to be too clever. Is what I'm trying to get at. No, none of us put Milano Collection 18. Yeah, but it was during my rebellious phase of Tuesday Night Jobs. I think going to finish. I think we only put like one or two each in last year, and then, uh, and we all had to agree them. Mm-hmm. And then we took a lot of listeners' votes. Yeah, yeah. But then the other thing is, it's it's it that's why it struck, it struck me, and and only because it annoyed me. It struck me as we were starting out, and it felt a little bit like we were catching up with everyone else in the night out. So we power drank, and we threw down as many wrestlers as we could. And there's some obvious ones in there that aren't in the Hall of Fame. So your William Regals, your Christians, your Paul Heymans. Whereas now. We we kind of got all of them out of the way, whoosh done, and then and the Dudleys, for example, mm. um, and the Steiners, and now we are sort of one step away from that. Um, but um, so yeah, Finley just yes, what a man. Again, legacy. The number of people who say he's the best wrestler they've been in the ring with. Um, the fact that. He played a huge part in the women's wrestling yep. evolution yes. in the 2000s when he was so, producing um, all the women's matches. Where was I recently? So I was, I was on <laughs> the DLR. No, I was I was on the I was backstage at a WWE show and and Dave was was uh, producing and we got on pretty well with him. Like people who see he tweets me every now and again, like oh, he wants to do a progress show and stuff, which is really cool. But um, someone else, I think, was going out of their way to talk about how important he was to women's wrestling, and I was like, it's all stuff that we knew, but it's cool that everybody within WWE wanted to make a point of saying, "This is down to him," you know, and he and he's so humble about all that sort of stuff because he's he's fit Finley, he just wants to fight. Um, I was talking to him and saying, like, do you miss wrestling? 
And he went, I'm not retired. I'm like, but you kind of are. And he went, no, 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 I'll ask him tomorrow if you want. And I'm like, okay. Which is where the, the joke in between us sort of started. And and he, I'd kill to have him on a progress show if I is could. He, is he third generation or is he second? His second, where his son's, his son's third. third generation. You're right, okay. Yeah, David Junior's third. No, so he's... And he's got two more kids as well who are only in, in their teens. So. Yeah. yeah, it's, um, it's and, and for me as well, he's, so there's all that legacy and the the, the the fact that he's wrestled all over the world. And for me, he's someone, because I found wrestling relatively late in life compared to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I didn't become a fan until like 15, 16. But he's someone I remember watching on TV as a kid, mm-hmm. as a child in the 1980s. And he was one of the few that absolutely stood out, coming down to the ring with Princess Paula. Yeah. Um, to the point that that when he turned up on Nitro, oh, and, and then and not even that, just just going to see him. The first independent wrestling show I went to was in Shepton Mallet, beautiful, just around the corner from the prison in in Somerset, and it was the main event was an impromptu tag match: Johnny Smith and the Dynamite Kid versus Skull Murphy and Fit Finlay. And to see the guy that I saw on TV, yeah. back, I was like, whoa, it blew my mind. And then. And then when he, and seeing him at the Colson Hall in Bristol, having an amazing matches with Robbie Brookside and Dave yeah. Taylor and Doc Dean and all these guys, just, just being outstanding. And then seeing him turn up on Nitro wrestling Randy fucking Savage. Yeah. It's a bit like having, you know, like when you're uni friends and your home friends are in the same room. Yeah. Simpsons Futurama crossover. It's, it was, it was incredible. And just. But I think that's what's incredible yeah. about him is that whether it was World of Sport or All Star, or WCW, or that run he had in WWE oh, yeah. is mental. Like, actually mental to think about. And then he did incredible stuff like he wrestled Sammy Callahan at Evolve. Was it mm-hmm. the first ever Evolve show? It was one of the first ones. Yeah. He's, d- he's done so much mm. in his career. And, like, I kind of get what he's saying about, oh, I'm not retired. Because if he literally popped up tomorrow and they were like, like, so we're recording this on the day that Vincent Mann's coming back to Raw. <laughs> Vincent Mann walks out tonight and goes, uh, oh yeah, by the way, Finley's back. We'd all go, sweet, all right, I'm yeah, strapped in. someone here who loves to fight. And, and, money. And we'd all be so on board um, for it. And then Jack Gallagher can become his new hornswoggle. <laughs> um, it's not tall enough. It's... Yeah, he's 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 just. You the are best. in so much trouble next time he comes back to England. <laughs> I've just done a small man. I've made myself laugh. Like I make myself laugh all the time. Just the joy of living. Um, Sometimes I think about someone and I'm smiling all the way. Through. Yeah, I've heard that rumor. I've heard that rumor. Um, you will always be surrounded by true friends, especially like the ones trying to take you down. Um, wrap things up, Matthew. Who's your third choice? Uh, it is, of course. The one, the it's only. It's going to be someone who's not wrestled since 1927. He's had four matches in Venezuela. Bruce the Barber. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's, it is. You'll like this. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. It is Monaro Suzuki. Yeah, again, someone I looked at and went, how's he not in? Yeah. In the words of, of our friend Craig, one, one half behind Tetsujin, the lady killer. Monaro Suzuki. Everyone look at the gif of him in 1992. The handsome oh, row. He's still handsome now. Honestly, one of the funniest things is getting Craig going, going, you could take him home to your mum and she would love him. Um, he just genuinely is brilliant. But um, yeah, he, again, being an innovator. Um, so 
well documented. Him and Funaki are the guys behind Pancrase, which started the real kind of influx or the, the, the start of having these hybrid wrestling companies like Rings and Shuto and stuff like that, even though Pancrase was an actual MMA company and still is. It still exists. It's owned by Sufa now, but it's it's still a company. Um, and him being like not like a lot of wrestlers, he was actually a bloody good mixed martial artist as well. Um, having all that catch background as well and all of that wrestling influence, because that's what Pancrase was. It wasn't just MMA fighters. It was catch wrestlers that, that learned how to, to wrestle and then learn how to fight. Well, stress, Pancrase is not what Tony Knox has had removed. Yes. That was a kidney. <laughs> it was. Um, um, it's a terrible joke. But Let's if we that. raise uh, three grand, we'll have that out as well. <laughs> Brilliant. It, what, what, what from... The company. What we'll do is we'll actually, instead of a main event, can we do this at unboxing? Can we just have Tony Knox laid in the ring and play Operation with him? I mean, I can't tell you if we can do that or not because then it would ruin unboxing. But, you know, I think... You can't rule it out. Um, I mean... Can we get the rumble buzzer if we only hit the sides? The point that that you're making, though, about him being around almost the genesis of mixed martial arts... Yeah. ...is... And then, to go on... You look at all the people who are around that sort of... That time. So if you pick someone like Ken Shamrock, who I think is yeah. a similar age to him. Yeah, yeah. And Ken Shamrock's back wrestling at the minute, I believe. And But Ken Shamrock was never... He was a decent wrestler, yeah. but he was never the wrestler that Suzuki has no. been. Suzuki's always been really, 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 really good. Um, and was always good at the professional wrestling stuff, was always good at the mixed martial arts stuff. And, and, and to still... And not only... If you think about it from this point of view, if a wrestler's... 50 years old, he's 50, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. right? So if a wrestler's 50 years old in any other company in the world and he's still wrestling, people have got their experience, but they're the older guy. Yeah. And to have the level... So even like when Ric Flair was 50, yeah, yeah. Ric Flair was still dangerous because he was the dirtiest player in the game and he was Ric Flair. But he did not have the aura around him no. that Minoru Suzuki at 50 has. Yeah. It, like, it's like, you know when you're a kid and your mum says, you wait till your dad comes home. Yeah. And the fear you had. Yeah. That is how everybody looks at Suzuki. Well, so he's, he's basically the human kind of one. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Two. Yeah. He's, well, then, he's like, the older he gets, the more dangerous he is. No one's looking at him going, he's 50 is. now, I can take but him. This is why I always say he's a Tekken final boss, because he's Hayachi. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he's gone from Tekken 1 to Tekken 8, and you still go, oh, Billy Ellie might turn into the devil at any point and kick me off a cliff. That is how much he is terrifying. And he's just got... And, and it's a really good point you made of... He's great at both things in MMA and pro wrestling. Like, so many people always dismiss him as like... Oh, well, he's the ultra-stiff guy that kills everyone and stuff like that. No, he's not. He knows what pro wrestling is. And even when he was doing the towel-off-the-head thing in Pancrase... He knew what he was doing. It's now even more terrifying because he's got that haircut and that face... But he's just an incredible human being. He's been GHC heavyweight champion. He's been triple crown champion. He's never won the IWGP heavyweight champion, but championship. He's been never open weight though, hasn't he? He has, and he's been intercontinental as well. But and he was and he was intercontinental champion in his late forties. Like to have that longevity and have such an impact on so many different aspects of it. So there's a question for you. As uh, and again, as I say, I'm not a massive uh, Japanese wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. It would be unlikely for him to become. It would be unlikely for him to be the guy that beats Kenny Omega. Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise you that much if he did. 
Not at all. No. I mean, and that's 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 the thing is to be credible to go and lift the top championship in a company. I mean, the thing I'd be worried about if I ran New Japan is that if Suzuki decided he wanted to be IWGP Heavyweight Champion, who's going to stop him? <laughs> Apart from a shotgun and bad intentions. Well, I, I believe Jim not. Is, not the tag team, by the way. I just, believe Jim is going to Japan at some point. Maybe you can sit him down, have a word with him. I believe well, you, you intend to bash it. Table for three. Books. I have an arrow. Uh, do us a favour. Can you just calm met, it down? I met him in. Um, I met Suzuki in, in New Orleans um, because he did uh, Bloodsport, yeah. which was next to our venue. And I very briefly met him and said hello to him. He another seemed lovely. Another another Japanese legend who has a, a, a very warm, rooming smile. Hmm. Sometimes. Yeah. Because sometimes it also looks like he's just murdered your family. So. Is, this, is this why Masawa never really smiled? Because his was so potent. There's some... It would just lay the room Masawa, to the, the, So the, the stories that Chris Hero was telling me about Masawa is like... So when, when he was wrestling for Noah and they were both still wrestling, like, so... Kabashi would like he'd wrestle his match and then he'd sit on an exercise bike for the whole show. Hmm. Like I don't mean sit on an exercise bike like most people's clothes sit on their exercise yeah, bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean actually pedaling. Hmm. Like like he's in a fucking spin class. Like he was that obsessed with staying fit all the time. Wow. Masawa would smoke. <laughs> <laughs> that was the difference between the two. Masawa would be like Oh, just lean on a wall, just smoking. Are you saying he's basically Crossy the Clown of Puresu? Is that it? No, that was, that was El Samurai. He's <laughs> also very famous for just having absolutely no physical attributes for being a next? really good wrestler, wasn't it? If you look at go back and look at Misawa in terms of the shape of his body. Like, so if you go and play like uh, Giant Gram, the oh. Dreamcast game, or you or you go and play, uh, or you go and play. Uh, the the Japanese version uh, Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 yeah. which is the Japanese version of No Mercy on the N64 and Misawa was in those games and he's really boxy and you look at him and go this must just be old graphics no he was square he was a square <laughs> human being um, and he didn't look like an athlete and that's because he wasn't an athlete he was yeah. an athlete he was that thing of like being wrestling fit so I know that yeah. a lot of the first time my wife watched Chris Hero wrestle she was like because he's he's not he's not fat but he's a he's a bigger he's dude. A big dude, yeah. And she's watching him doing nip ups and just running constantly. And she's oh, like, "How well, fit is he?" And I'm like, "Well, you don't have to look like Conor McGregor to have cardio. Like, you know, yeah, some yeah. people are just some people just go and go and go. And Masala was one of those people. You just go and go and go and go and go, despite smoking sixty cigarettes a day and legend have it, drinking a lot of booze. Like. Yeah. Just the way it was. Also, also Misawa dressed up as, as a green Santa Claus in, in at one point in Noah, which is great because it's that time of year where that gift's coming back. But if anyone was going to be the Grinch, it would definitely be Minaro Suzuki. Yes. As he slaps your child in the face. Wow. He, he is available. He um, is. So uh, there are our, uh, our nine additional people going into the Hall of Fame. So from... Uh, Matt Richards is Megumi Kudo yeah. and Minoru Suzuki yeah. and who's the third one? Quackenbush. Mike Quackenbush. Uh, from Christopher Brooker we had Shane Helms, uh, Dave Fit Finley and who was your third? Conan. Conan. And from me I had uh, Kenta Kabashi and now I can't remember my own choices because I'm tired. I had, Mabel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy. Vin. Don't start this again. Uh, I had Kenta Kabashi, I had Super Dragon and I had Doug Williams. So they were there, the initial uh, nine. We're now up to 29 people in the Tuesday Night Jewel Hall of Fame. We're going to put another five in. You need to vote for them as well as voting for your stuff for the end of year awards. So again, you email 
progresspolls at gmail.com. Progresspolls, P-O-L-L-S at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to give me one person to go in the Hall of Fame. They have to either be retired or over the age of 40, and they cannot currently be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay, that's the rules for that. Over the age of 40 or retired, cannot be in the current WWE Hall of Fame. Um, just one name for that. And then one name in each of the following categories in your email to progresspolls at gmail.com. I would like your male wrestler of the year from WWE, your male wrestler of the year not from WWE. I would also like your female wrestler of the year from WWE, your female wrestler of the year non-WWE. And again, in both WWE and non-WWE categories, we would like match of the year. So WWE match of the year, non-WWE match of the year. It can be from anywhere in the world. And then your show of the year, both from WWE standpoint and from a non-WWE standpoint. Just so you're aware, because that's clear this up last year, NXT is definitely WWE, okay? So that counts. Anything within the WWE brand counts as a WWE show. Anything from outside of uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, uh, Mae Young Classic, etc. Anything from outside of that is non-WWE. So be it Progress, Fight Club Pro, Attack, uh, New <coughs> Japan, Future Shark, Thank wherever. You. Um, so, yes. Uh, and... We'll do them in the beginning of January, so because there's still some shows left. Obviously, Future Shock have got a show uh, towards the end of Jan, uh, dis- end of December. We've got a show unboxing on the thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't, you know, if you're not sure about your awards just yet, maybe hold off. Just be thinking about them and then send them in first week of January. I reckon that's probably a good time to get them in. Um, so progress polls at gmail.com with all that stuff. Uh, thank you, Christopher. Uh, where are you on Twitter, Christopher? I'm at the Brooker Man. Excellent, Matthew. Thank you. Where are you on Twitter? At M. Richards Host. Excellent. Uh, I'm at Jim Smallman. If you're going to tweet me about wrestling news, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw uh, and all the usual stuff, progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com, jimsmallman.com. Uh, this podcast is part of the Distraction Pieces Network. It's awesome and we love it all. Thank you, Pip, for giving us a platform. We appreciate it. Um, this will be the last one before Christmas. So if you're celebrating Christmas, have a lovely one um, and just have a, a very nice time of year. Good work. You will always be surrounded by true friends. Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.